Hello, and welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Chris Beers. Here are today's top stories. President Biden says that the U.S. financial system is still safe after two major banks collapsed in the past week. Find out why he says Americans can rest assured. The IRS has a warning for retirees. Those who turned 72 last year need to withdraw their first payment from their retirement plan by April 1st or be penalized. President Biden is limiting oil drilling in millions of acres of land in Alaska. This is in line with his campaign promise of moving away from oil. Two senators accuse a Pentagon official of leaking classified information to the press. They say the information was used to politicize the Chinese spy balloon issue. President Biden says the U.S. banking system is safe. He made the comments first thing this morning, after last week saw the largest U.S. bank failures since the 2008 financial crisis. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again, and to protect American jobs and small businesses. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. Silicon Valley Bank and New York-based Signature Bank both folded last week. Biden described what the White House is doing to cushion the fallout of the bank failures. These include an emergency loan program by the Federal Reserve to bail out the banks and expanding deposit insurance. The president emphasizes that taxpayers won't lose their money. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, would be responsible for that but it won't protect management or investors. Second, the management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected. They knowingly took a risk, and when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. That's how capitalism works. Biden also pledges to investigate how the failures happened. There are important questions of how these banks got into the circumstance in the first place. We must get the full accounting of what happened and why those responsible can be held accountable. These moves pumped confidence into the market, sending U.S. stock futures back up. But concerns remain about global markets in the week ahead. Bank shares in Europe and Asia dipped today before the U.S. market opened. The Internal Revenue Service has a reminder for retirees. If they turned 72 last year, they must take their first payment from their workplace retirement plans by April 1st, 2023, or face penalties. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the details. Americans who have reached the age of 72 must start taking withdrawals from their IRAs, 401ks, and other workplace retirement plans. Those withdrawals are called Required Minimum Distributions, or RMDs. Those who don't make the deadline face major tax penalties, with those who don't take any distributions facing a 50% excise tax on the amount they should have withdrawn. The penalty can be waived if the account owner can demonstrate that a reasonable error occurred and that they're taking, quote, reasonable steps to address the problem. The RMD rules apply to people who own traditional SEP and simple IRAs while the original owner is alive. Roth IRAs don't require withdrawals until after the owner's death. 
RMD rules also apply to individuals who participate in various workplace retirement plans, including 401k, 403b, and 457b plans. The April 1st deadline is mandatory for those in traditional IRAs and workplace retirement plans, but most people with workplace plans who are still working for their employer can wait until April 1st of the year after they retire to start receiving RMDs. There are also special rules that may apply to employees of public schools and some tax-exempt organizations. The IRS has worksheets that can be used to calculate the required minimum distribution amounts. Meanwhile, the IRS is reminding taxpayers to file their tax returns and pay any owed taxes by the April 18th deadline to avoid penalties. But there are some strategies to help reduce or avoid penalties if taxpayers are unable to pay on time. Taxpayers can apply for a six-month extension to file their return or set up a payment plan with the IRS. There's an online resource called the Online Payment Agreement Tool that taxpayers can use. The IRS may also waive penalties for taxpayers who have reasonable cause or qualify for the first-time penalty abate program. Filing a tax return, even if no taxes are owed, is important to avoid losing refunds and starting the statute of limitations for an audit. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. The Biden administration is limiting oil drilling in Alaska in over 10 million acres of land. The government says they this will help reach climate goals the U.S. has set. The Department of Interior, or DOI, announced on Sunday night that the Biden administration will bar oil drilling in nearly 3 million acres of land in Alaska. It will also limit drilling in over 13 million acres. The DOI issued a statement saying, with these actions, President Biden continues to deliver on the most aggressive climate agenda in American history, and his economic agenda has put the United States back on track to reach its climate goals for 2030 and 2050, all while reducing America's reliance on oil and protecting American families from the impact of Putin's war on global energy markets. The moves comes as regulators prepare to announce a final decision on the huge Willow Project in Alaska. The Willow Project is a controversial oil drilling plan Climate activists called it a carbon bomb that would be a betrayal of Biden's campaign pledges. Senator Ed Markey tweeted, We can't protect our climate and enable the largest oil development in decades. Stop the Willow Project. However, Alaska's governor, the entire legislature, Alaskan Native communities, labor unions, and others are in support of the project. They say it would bring much-needed jobs and billions of dollars in taxes. Senator Dan Sullivan from Alaska called it one of the biggest, most important resource development projects in our state's history. Biden's decision on Willow might be one of his most consequential climate decisions. It comes as he gears up for a likely re-election bid in 2024. A decision to approve Willow risks alienating many young voters. Rejection of the project would meet strong resistance from Alaska lawmakers, both Democrats and Republicans. The Bureau of Land Management should make a decision on Willow as soon as this week. U.S. officials stopped hundreds of migrants attempting to enter from Mexico yesterday. Many tried to secure appointments for asylum with an app set up by the Biden administration, which they say has not been working. NTD's Kos Temenes tells us more about what's been happening at the border. The migrants, many of them Venezuelan, gathered in Ciudad Juarez across the border from El Paso, Texas, but were unable to cross into the U.S., apprehended by barbed wire and barriers. Many of them said they had become frustrated with trying to use a new U.S. government app. 
We are doing nothing but waiting for an answer. This app is useless. I have waited a long time, and there's no solution. The app called CBP1 was meant to streamline applications. Many say persistent glitches and high demand make the app unusable. Some say officials used pepper spray to thwart them. The crowd eventually withdrew after some pushing and shoving with officials. Some were heading down to the banks of the Rio Grande. Migrants were apprehended at two other locations on Sunday. Neither U.S. Customs and Border Protection nor Mexico's National Migration Authority immediately replied to requests for comment. According to the Department of Homeland Security, recent updates on the app will simplify and speed up the process. Cost MNS, NTD News. Two Republican senators say a Pentagon official leaked classified information about Chinese spy balloons. They say Undersecretary Colin Call did so to deflect blame away from the Biden administration. The leaked information said that during the Trump administration, similar spy balloons flew into U.S. airspace. But Senators Roger Wicker and Marco Rubio wrote in a letter that the Pentagon official left out a key fact, that the previous Chinese balloons were discovered much later and the Trump administration did not have time to reply. President Biden appointed Call as his Undersecretary of Defense for Policy. This is the first time Call has been identified as the source of the leaks. Critics say it seems to be an attempt to shift blame away from Biden for allowing a spy balloon to fly across the entire United States. The balloon was eventually shot down off the coast of South Carolina on February 4th. The senators said that soon after that balloon became public knowledge, Call leaked the classified information about the previous balloons to the press. They also said it's not clear if the leak was cleared internally through the proper channels, but in their words, either way, it was a brazen attempt to shift blame. The lawmakers also said they hope Call will be held accountable for his politicization of the classified materials. They say this type of behavior is the reason every Senate Republican voted against Call's nomination in 2021. The Pentagon did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Following reports that Beijing is running illegal police operations on American soil, a New York City police officer is now reportedly backing the Chinese Communist Party on Douyin, China's version of TikTok. NTD's Tiffany Meyer has more. In a video, he appears to threaten a U.S. resident. The person had been arrested by Chinese police for opposing Beijing's stringent zero-COVID-19 policy in China. The officer asserted that the resident would be sorry if the officer found her after returning to America. The comments came from Officer Ben Hu Wong, a five-year veteran now serving in the 79th Precinct in Brooklyn. His threatening remark, possibly causing reasonable fear of harm for the Chinese national living in America, Ms. Jiang. During her visit to China in December 2021, she argued with a local pandemic prevention worker over anti-COVID-19 rules. She was then arrested for 10 days in the city of Xi'an. A strict lockdown was imposed on the city's 13 million residents at the time. Since then, reports of the immense human cost of Beijing's zero-COVID-19 policy have emerged online, from locked-down residents starving at home to pregnant women suffering miscarriages and citizens getting publicly shamed for violating virus restrictions. Various critics have condemned China's harsh lockdowns, but not Officer Wong. 
，强烈建议这位江某在行政拘留十天后立刻遣返美国，并且要在他的护照上盖五个字：给祖国添乱。Another video posted on TikTok also highlighted Wang's ties to the CCP. It shows him singing the CCP's national anthem while wearing his New York police uniform. Back in 2014, Wang was praised in an article by the state-owned Chinese newspaper China Daily for contributing to the rise of Chinese American officers in the American police force. He was serving in the 109th precinct in Flushing, New York, at the time. Coming up, in Britain, tens of thousands of doctors in training are on strike over low pay. It's the first of three days planned walkouts. And 12 years after Japan's nuclear meltdown, officials want to release tanks of nuclear plant cooling water. The local fishermen are worried. More in just a moment here on NTD News today. Welcome back. Tens of thousands of British junior doctors are on strike today. The doctors in training say they are overworked, underpaid, and burdened with debt. Overworked, underpaid, and burdened with a student loan, he can barely imagine paying off on his current wage. That's the situation 27-year-old Daniel Zahedi says he finds himself in. Based in Cambridge in eastern England, he's preparing to join thousands of junior doctors. In a three-day strike across England from March 13th, as financial struggles and burnout risk driving staff out of Britain's health service, as it tackles record-high patient waiting lists. My pay is £14 an hour, one four, and I am graduating with over £100,000 of debt. It was only recently we put our, our heating on after people were just getting ill in my house. Like it's, it's just ridiculous that you think this this career of being a doctor. Like fine, I won't be, I won't be a multi-millionaire, but I should be able to put my heating on and and not worry about that, not worry about getting through the month. The British Medical Association, which represents doctors and medical students, says junior doctors' take-home pay has been cut by more than a quarter over the last 15 years, when using the retail price index gauge of inflation. It says its members voted overwhelmingly to strike. 28-year-old junior doctor Po Wang says the situation is unsustainable. Ever since 2008, we have had pay cut after pay cut, and there's been zero above inflation、uh, pay rises given to us, and that's eroded our pay by 26 percent、uh, since 2008. Now, a doctor today. Isn't worth 26% less than a doctor 15 years ago. In fact, the work is even harder and even tougher. The walkouts by junior doctors will put more pressure on the state-funded National Health Service, which is experiencing waves of strike action by nurses, ambulance workers, and other staff. I don't feel valued. I feel like I'm on the the precipice of burnout, and Like chronically, and it's not sustainable, and we can't go on like this. Something needs to change. In January, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak outlined the need to cut hospital waiting times as one of his government's five priorities. Battling strikes across multiple sectors, including train drivers and teachers, the government has said public sector pay restraint is needed in order to get double-digit inflation under control. 
officials are raising fish in water tanks around a nuclear reactor in Japan. They hope to show fishermen the water is safe before dumping it in the ocean. In 2011, a powerful earthquake triggered a meltdown at the Fukushima Daiichi plant. It forced people within a 12-mile radius to flee. Now officials want to get on with the cleanup, but fishermen aren't so sure. Rows upon rows of water tanks still surround the reactors at Japan's Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant with enough water to fill 500 Olympic-sized swimming pools. The debate over what to do with it and alarmist talk about radiation remain a headache for those in Fukushima trying to recover from the 2011 disaster. The water was used to cool the reactors down after a tsunami crashed into the plant setting off explosions and meltdowns. Now, Tokyo Electric Power Co, or TETCO, which runs the power station, wants to start releasing the water into the sea, potentially as early as this spring. TEPCO and the government say it is safe, treated, filtered and diluted, but it does contain traces of tritium, an isotope considered relatively harmless. Local fishermen aren't happy about that. They fear it could still affect the reputation of their industry, which is only just recovering from the disaster. Haru O Ono has been catching flounder, crab, and sea bass in the area for 50 years, the third generation of his family to make a living at sea. He claims there's been insufficient communication about TEPCO's plan. I think it's still too early to release the water into the ocean. It's too soon. I'd understand if they discussed it with everyone beforehand, but they haven't talked about it yet, and they shouldn't just go ahead and release it into the sea. Officials say the tanks have to be removed for reconstruction. To prove how safe the water is, TEPCO has been raising flounder in tanks at the plant. They broadcast live feeds of the fish on a TEPCO YouTube channel. One TEPCO official said they hoped it shows the water is safe. Here at the Marine Organism Breeding Test Station, we raise flounder and abalone with seawater containing treated water and ordinary seawater. I think we are able to show that there is no change in how they are growing and the tritium concentration in their bodies. The release has also been approved by the International Atomic Energy Agency, the IAEA. But Ono and other fishermen like him aren't convinced. He says, at 71, he will keep working at sea until he dies. But he worries about what's next for the ocean and his line of work. I can't recommend to my grandchildren to become fishermen. We just don't know what's going to happen in the future. Coming up, four-leaf clovers, leprechauns, crowds donned in green. It's that time of year again as St. Patrick's Day draws near. We take a look at the Philadelphia parade after the break. The annual Philadelphia St. Patrick's Day Parade took place on Sunday. It featured marching bands, Irish dancers, and cultural groups. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the report. Susan plans to celebrate St. Patrick's Day by making corned beef and cabbage and going to church to say a prayer. Very important to preserve the tradition, to pass down to uh, my children, my grandchildren, so they realize what was given up for them to come to this country for freedom. 
Joe Hohenstein is a state representative. The Irish are the one of the Im immigrant groups that really created all of the United States. He adds that the Irish have made America their own, but they've also done it by being consistent and staying with their heritage. Joe Harris plays bass violin with the Quaker City String Band and is happy to participate in the parade. For me, I have some Irish heritage, so uh, it's a very important day uh, for the Irish in Philadelphia. Society, coming up. Parade Grand Marshal Dan Harrell says it's emotional to be around all these old friends, most of whom he says he coached. As far as I know, uh, your own individual heritage, you should really learn from it, learn from those folks ahead of, were ahead of us and try to keep on improving what they did. Retired police officer Pat Bradley says Philadelphia is a great town. He enjoyed a tour of Old Town the day prior and is looking forward to the parade. We observe St. Patrick's Day a few ways. Religiously, we go to church, and then, and then we come to the parade and we celebrate. We also, in my, in my family, we also have a tradition of, of music, so that's what we do. That's how we, that's how we celebrate. Tom Stevens is the CEO of the Pro-Life Union in Philadelphia. We just, uh, we need to let people know that St. Patrick was, was an important uh, figure in the history of the world and that Ireland is, is the, the eye of the world as well. Tom Lavelle says his grandparents are from Ireland. Well, it's a religious, I'm Catholic, it's a religious holiday. We've been doing a parade over 200 years. The theme for the 2023 parade is St. Patrick, Let There Be Peace. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. An optimistic and positive outlook can help keep a person healthy and resilient, whatever age they may be. Here's Gina Marie with Strong Mind and Body. An entire baby boomer generation is set to be at least 65 in the next decade. With this will come growing health challenges. We need to understand how various factors contribute to overall health. Often we look to treat specific ailments instead of examining the whole. If you have high blood pressure for example, diet and exercise are prescribed. If your memory is fading, oh, it's just age. But age is just a number, and health treatments don't always reflect the cause. It is, after all, entirely possible for an 85-year-old to be functioning better than someone who's 65. A recent study was conducted by researchers from the University of California San Diego School of Medicine. They looked at how several distinctive factors influence physical and mental health in people aged 65 and older. The goal was to identify how things such as wisdom, outlook, loneliness, income and sleep played a role in the overall health and the functioning of older people. Four main observations were made and were published in the American Journal of Geriatric Psychiatry. Physical health correlated with both cognitive function and mental health. Cognitive function was significantly associated with physical mobility, wisdom and life satisfaction. Physical health was associated with mental well-being, resilience and younger age. Mental health was linked to optimism, self-compassion, income and lower levels of loneliness and sleep disturbances. These traits were found to be protective. Optimism, resilience, wisdom and self-compassion. 
Loneliness, on the other hand, seem to be a risk factor. So what does all this mean for you? The results suggest that staying active and positive can help to promote healthy aging. Human connection is also key to maintain friendships and build new relationships. This can boost health in older folks. And finally, it looks like sleep is influenced by overall outlook. So keep your mind at peace and that will keep sleep disturbances to a minimum. That's all for today's program. We're really glad to have you with us. Please send us an email if you'd like to tell us something. We're going to put it on screen. For podcasters, that's news.today at ntd.com. I'm Chris Beers, NTD News, New York City.